Hi, everybody. This is John here. This is Paul. George. And Ringo. And we're very happy to be on your program once again. Hello, everyone. This is freelance journalist Steve Marinucci welcoming you to another edition of Beatles News Briefs. On this week's show, Beatle News Briefs contributing editor Candy Leonard, the author of the book Beatleness, and myself will discuss the controversy over the Google commercial with the Beatles song Help. I'll have some Beatle news for you after. Here's the discussion with Candy Leonard and myself. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Candy Leonard, and we had a topic we thought we'd discuss between the two of us and uh it's been getting a lot of discussion on facebook especially it's the google commercial with help in it and you know anyone that everyone knows that this isn't a first to have beatles music in a commercial but i guess what's really what's really standing out in this is the fact that the you know, the full song is there, and it's also the Beatle recording that is there. And I know, Candy, you have some very strong feelings about this. And I'm, I purposely did not ask you what your strong feelings were because I wanted to react in real time to it. But go ahead. I'm, I mean, I, these recordings, I mean, these advertisements always do kind of get to me, and they always have. But does this one, this one bugs you a little more than than the others do, right? It certainly does. I mean, yes, I mean, we've all heard Beatles songs and songs, other beloved songs of our youth. I mean, the Stones, notoriously, with Microsoft. I mean, David Bowie did have used, I believe, changes in a Fidelity commercial. I mean, this, this is nothing new. Um, Bob Dylan with Victoria's Secret. So, and of course, the Beatles with Nike, but I believe the songs are in Michael Jackson's control when that revolution, when revolution was used in the Nike ad. But I, and, and you know, we, we, you know, people were a little, I mean, some people didn't mind it, some people liked it, whatever. This to me feels like something different um, because it's Google. And Google is not a benign force in our culture. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, giggle if you want, but they're not. No, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm giggling because I kind of had the same feeling. Right. I mean, when I know, heard it. here's the thing, like, you know, Nike, what, you know, like a lot of these, you know, our beloved songs that are used in commercials is a product, is a thing you can buy. Google, there's no product in that commercial. What they're selling is you. You are the product in surveillance capitalism. And that's what Google is all about. Google has pioneered um, this thing that has come to be called surveillance capitalism. And it's funny because I've been reading a lot about this lately. Mm. And so the commercial was particularly disturbing to me i um you know we've all had this feeling i'm sure um recently over the last few years where you know you see oh this thing showed up on my feed how did they know i was thinking about that oh we were just talking about that the other day and here's an ad for it right we've all had this Mm -hmm. experience and it's the word I, I believe. I mean, for me, I always found find it very creepy. I mean, I have a few really outrageous examples of this, which I won't take time to share. But these things are where it's like, how did this? How do they know this? Okay, and so that's what Google is about. Google has pioneered this, and so 
I think Facebook is worse. Well, I think Facebook is is much worse. Right. But don't forget, Sheryl Sandberg started at Google, then went to Facebook. So so they're both, I mean, Amazon, I mean, all these big companies. But Google really has been, you know, in 2000, you know, it goes back a very long time to right after 9-11. In fact, right before 9-11, there were, go, you, know, uh, you know, Google benefited from the lack of regulation around this. It was a big frontier, you know, and there was going to be regulations put on regarding privacy and different things. Then 9-11 happened. And then it kind of flipped, in fact, the complete other way, where was this felt need to you know, get more information because of the fear of terrorism. So Google benefited from that. And, you know, here's, but getting back to the Beatles. um, Okay, so, well, you know, I was sitting there making a salad, cutting vegetables, and I hear this really what I would call an iconic signature opening vocal of John Lennon calls my (laughs) attention to the TV, of course, like, what is it, you know, and I saw it was a Google, I was horrified. And I don't understand why they would do this. Um, Obviously, four parties approved it. And I just don't get it. Like, the Beatles are bigger than Google. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? I I think part of it is like some people said on Facebook, oh, well, maybe it will introduce, you know, future, you know, more people to their music. You know what? They don't need Google to help them do that. They don't need to align with this pernicious force to help them do that. A force that um, is about undermining democracy, undermining our innermost thoughts and privacy. I mean, the, you know, the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning that Google has, um, you know, developed and continues to develop. And, um, it, it, you know, it, it's not all good, you know. And so for the Beatles to align themselves with this, it just seems, feels very off brand to me. Like for example, recently I wrote a piece for Culture Sonar about how the Beatles had licensed, um, you know, had done licensing deals with Crayola uh, and with uh, Stern pinball machines and with Crate and Barrel. And I thought, okay, that was kind of cool and interesting because these are products, these are brands, that are about fun, art, creativity, goodwill, fun, right? Google ain't that. You know, Google is about, you know, monetizing your soul, you know? And so I just don't understand why they did this. It's just, mm-hmm. and, and so, and, I'm, and then I'm trying to think, well, you know, they all agree to it. And to me, it sort of feels like, again, I have no idea if this is true, but my sense is that they saw this as, some, again, this, you know, oh, we're going to be current, you know, Google's all the rage, like Google's the biggest thing in the world, you know, um, let's align with this, let's do this, you know, so yes, in the first instance, it's about money, and, you know, which, which you know, I don't, um, uh, you know, it's fine that they want to make money. I, I don't begrudge them that, although I think at this point it's a little a little bit wacky. I mean, these, these four entities have, and their heirs, inter, 
God knows how long into the future, have all the money they will ever need. Okay, they want more. Okay, fine. Somebody wrote on Facebook, well, how can you say they're not interested in money when they said in 1964, let's write a swimming pool? I'm sorry, that calculus doesn't apply in 2019 when they are debating whether to sell John's iconic vocal and that song to Google. It's a different ball game. I'm sorry. It's, it's, well, uh, I, 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 see, I see where you're going, but I'm not sure I go as far as you do. I will say, however, that if there's one thing that doesn't click as far as this goes, it's the Beatles um, and Google, because Google is basically a symbol of authority. Well, that too. Not, and the Beatles were not, and the Beatles uh, have went uh, all through their, all through their existence, all through. The, I mean, the, the their original existence, especially, as, as being, um, not in authority. authority, but they 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 were the voice of youth. I'm telling you, for the Beatles to align with Google is as aligned, to, to quote Jack Black, is as aligned with the man as you could possibly ever want to be. And again, like uh, if they want to align with, you know, could, you know, like, I'm not saying they have to be like hippies forever. It's it's just like it, it's just I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me in any way other than a pure money grab. And even then they don't need the money. And they didn't think it through. I think that they are, I, I think that, I mean, again, I don't know how they make these decisions, whether they bring in consultants, whether they do market research or it's the four of them around a table. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I, but this decision, I believe, was profoundly misguided, really. I really do. I mean, Google is changing our culture in ways that are so antithetical to everything that the Beatles stand for. Now, who am I to say what they stand for? Okay, fine. Well, you know what? I'm a fan who listened to them and, you know, grew up with them, internalized what I believed was a, you know, sort of a certain kind of way of being in the world, a worldview, an appreciation of music, creativity, art, be yourself, authenticity, peace, love, the whole shebang. Okay. Google is not any of that. Google is about making money. And like you said, and I agree with you hundred percent that Google is seen as an authority, which of course kind of raises the question, then when did we make Google an authority? But, th- but that's, mm-hmm. but that's part of the problem. And, you know? and, and even, and even more, you know, an even bigger question. Why the song Help? Well, why, because that would why? be very cute. Again, I, I, I truly turned, I walked out of the room, but I think what it was, was like, it was like searching for like a restaurant. In other words, it, it was almost like that the, you know, the, the sort of the, the, the ease of the efficiency of using a, a, a apps. Google, or, right. Google, right. Which, which in some respects, I mean, in, in some respects, I'm not going to, argue too heavily with because you know i do it all the time and of course we right, all do we, we all do and, and in fact right now right now i'm i'm without my principal phone because it's in the in the shop um which no, by the way if i can put if i can put a put a plug in for apple they've been doing they've been doing very nicely to me uh, for me so um uh, and I've been having some phone problems, but in any event, but, you know, uh, we, we give over so much to these companies. Um, we, 
Oh yeah, I mean you rely you rely on the uh, you rely on the, your apps. You you how many how many apps ask you to log in through Facebook? I have never done that. I've okay. never done that, and I never will do that. Okay. Well, it's I'm just saying it, it's just yeah. There, I mean, it's it's like you give your soul a part of your exactly. soul away. Exactly. And, and you know the thing is like the uh, you know all those little quizzes. You know what color are you? What Every single one of those things is 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 um, draining. I mean, you, you don't you don't feel it. You don't care. It's fun. Whatever. It's a trade. It's a trade off, but it's a trade off we never really agree to. Right. And and so, you know, do I have anything to hide? Am I doing anything in my personal life that I don't want people to know about? No. But that's not the point. I don't. The the power of AI and machine learning, combined with the amount of data that Google has, is truly frightening. And there are a lot of really smart people who think that this is really undermining not only our democracy, but our very sense of what it means to be a human being with a with a private soul, a private life you know well and and that again gets to the question is why are the beatles attached to google in the first place you know i mean that i don't understand you know again did google approach them Uh, who who knows you know some some 30 year old at google probably thought it'd be a cool ad to have a beatles song you know (laughs) whatever And, and you know and Again, I'm not I'm not so um, you know hard-hearted, so intense about this that I won't say yeah, there's something kind of cool about it. But it's really mostly not cool. And and I I really and that song in particular, you know. Now again, would you- well I you know I think it, when I hear that song, I think of what John was going through at the time, and it, it's not it, and it comes across. I guess in the commercial is more of a kind of an innocent song. Of course, you know, no, help! I, help! I need somebody. But that's it's not it's anybody. Cute. Anybody who knows the song, any Beatle fan who knows the history behind that song, knows that that wasn't meant to be a cute "Help! I Need Somebody" song. There was some real. I mean, John was speaking right. from the heart. But even if you don't know all that, even if you're my five-year-old grandson who knows that song, right? Mm. It's still wrong. Because it, it's just this, this juxtaposition of just a, a clash of sensibilities, a clash of values, a clash of um, time and anachronism. I don't know. There's just so much disturbing about it. I'm, I'm I, th- like, I, think, I think we see it on different levels. I think you see it from, a, I guess, sort of a, a psychological level, if I'm interpreting what you're saying. Um, no, it, I would say I see it more of almost a political way, really. All right, a political level. Okay. See, and I see it from more of a a Beatle fan level of. Well, I'm saying, well, yes, of course. What, what the hell? What the hell is you know is Google doing with this song and trying to make something innocent out of it when in fact it was never meant. It wasn't that way in the first place. Yeah, but the Beatle, but but but. Paul and Ringo and Yoko and Olivia gave it to them to do that. They gave them permission to do that. That's the thing that is so frankly appalling about this. Okay. Okay. Do you? I I don't think I don't think we disagree on that part of it. I mean, do you think that John would be okay with this? No fucking way. Well, I I just don't see it. 
I mean, back remember back when 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 they first started doing this, people were asking whether John would have done this. Right, but again, I, I yes, but we've kind of got inured to it over the you know the years because so many of our so you know songs that we loved, whether it's the Who or the Stones or the Beatles, we've heard them in ads. But I, I really do think though that the alignment with Google. Is, is yet, an, is a whole other entity. It's a whole other thing because of Google's size and power and the, and, and, and the um, you know, what I suppose one could argue that it's a very uh, uh, appropriate alignment. Didn't, didn't, um, didn't the Stones, I'm not trying to do a what about thing, yeah. but didn't the Stones use uh, Start Me Up with Apple? Oh yeah, the Stones have so lots of have done lots of yes, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But again, even there, there's a product. The product is the computer. Okay, Google. What is the product there? What is the product there? Help me. Okay, help. Um, what's going to help you? Google. Get this new app. Give mm-hmm. us your information. You know, every apostrophe, every exclamation point, every question mark. They, and again, this I I am not. I mean, I'm very, I mean, I sound sort of worked up about this because I am as a Beatle fan, but, um, you know, I read a lot about this and I, you know, I know a lot about AI. I'm not an expert by any means, but this is something that interests me a lot. And I read a lot about this. And there's this book called um, Surveillance Capitalism um, by a Harvard Business School um, professor emeritus and who's written a number of books about the impact of um, technology and, and mm-hmm. digital life. And, um, it's really disturbing. I mean, Google is not, a, you know, like, yes. I mean, I, I get free email. I can search. I can, you know, this is somehow we've made a deal with them. But what is we, it? it's really a deal, you know. Talk a little bit about the book, though, about the surveillance capitalism book. Just give a, a rough idea of what that is. Well, the idea is that the Google realized at some point after 9-11, I guess, in 2001, that there was all this, what they at first thought was just like exhaust fumes of data that they were getting, and then they realized that it was saleable. So they, so all this stuff is being sold. It's like a futures market for behavioral change. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and it, it's, it's complicated stuff. I would actually, I hope that this woman who wrote this book will write a, um, a, a more popular version because it's it's a very long dense book and I'm you know kind of still learning it myself but it's something that I'm very interested in and have because I think all of us in our daily lives we interact with these big companies I know I just feel sold bought all the time it's tedious I'm sick of it always and then these weird moments where you see an ad for something you talked about three hours before. We all had these experiences with, um, you know, seeing an ad show up in our Facebook feed uh, a few hours later after having discussed something, or or you're thinking about maybe buying something, but you haven't really looked into it yet, and suddenly there's an ad for the thing. We've all had this experience, right? I believe the word to describe this is creepy, right? I, but I had an experience, which I will share um, about this, which, which to me really, uh, you know, made this very, this is something I think about a lot. Um, and this experience I had recently, so I was walking down the street with a friend, this was shortly after the Michael Jackson documentary aired, and we were talking about this idea of, you know, can you separate 
the art the art from the artist when you find out that they've done things that you disapprove of or that are illegal or horrible or harmful to other people. So we're talking about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. So I mentioned that I, um, after having read Mackenzie Phillips' book a few years ago, I mm-hmm. I don't hear the mamas and the papas the same way because of how she was treated, right? Right. And, and you know, so we're talking about this. Okay. I am not – so – um, just a little aside here. So because I have a Beatleness Facebook page, I get sort of things from Facebook about like promote your page and all this kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So after, so I mentioned this thing about Mackenzie Phillips and then I am not kidding about five hours later, I get an email to my Beatleness email and the from is the name Mackenzie Phillips. And it's about boost your ad, blah, 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 blah. Boost your face, you know, boost your page, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I know those. In other words, it was like, it was just like this kind of, it was almost like the from was like some X variable that something gets popped in there, right? And it was, I'm telling you, it really freaked me out and it disturbed me. And, you know, we've all had experiences like this, right? And we take them in stride. We think they're funny. We think they're benign. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, we have, I suppose we have a choice how upset we're going to, each person wants to get upset about this, but to me, but it's very much on a front burner for me because I feel that it really diminishes the quality of my life. It makes me suspicious. It makes me, um, I, I I don't like it. Okay, so let me let me just say that Facebook. Uh, I from my experience, and this is not just with music. Facebook uses AI to get you to promote certain posts that you make that right. they that they feel will they 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 can generate money off of you because they say that if you uh, these posts are similar to posts that have gotten really right, response exactly. and right. if you if you promote them and give them twenty dollars or whatever it is they'll they'll send it out to um a, you know more people which bothers me a little bit because why are they why aren't they sending it out anyway but right. in any event that's, but that's what that's what that that's what that's about they're using ai to to promote to right. to make money off of you Right. Well, that, that's what this is all about. Facebook does it. Google does it. They all do it. I mean, I remember, you know, I was a very, I, I don't subscribe to Netflix now, um, funnily enough, but back in the early 2000s, I was an early adopter of Facebook, uh, of uh, Netflix when you had the, the red envelopes, you know, and I, oh, yes. it was my first encounter with, uh, you know, machine learning where it says, oh, you might like this, you know, oh, you like that, you might like this. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. But you know what? It's not really that cool <laughs> because you know, the our information is being sold uh, that you know everywhere all the time. In and and it's not just like you know your address and your phone number and your zip code. It's it's who you are, what you like, what you don't like, where what whether you. The, one of the examples she uses is, is like the difference between saying "I'll meet you later." And I'll meet you at 6:45. Identifies you as a certain 
kind of person. Now, I'm that maybe they're wrong, okay? But when you talk, when you think, when you with this quantity of data, it's mostly right. <laughs> you, <laughs> so, you just you just te- you just put a target on the whole thing, in that the Beatles by aligning themselves with Google are are promoting this whole you know data uh exactly exactly surveillance capitalism they are aligning themselves with surveillance capitalism which is a pernicious force that is undermining democracy i don't think that's what the Beatles are about i'm sorry maybe i'm wrong but i don't think that's what they're about and it's and it's also kind of i mean when you think about it that way it's also you know i can't speak for i can't speak about ringo i can't speak about George, although it seems weird that George would align himself with that. Paul, Paul's a very worldly kind of guy, you know, but Yoko and Yoko and John, it just does not seem. John would not go for this. I, I'm sure. I, I mean, I, who knows? But the, the, the John Lennon that I would like to think I know, okay, mm-hmm. would not go for this. Yeah. He would recognize what's going on here with right. these companies and right. how they are um, draining, out, you know, the, how they are profiting off our lives, off our yeah. free interests, our lifestyles, our I, goals, I, our tastes. I have, to, I, have to, I have to agree with you at, at that point because, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to, and again, you it's know. It's just off-brand. It's just I mean, brand Well, we don't, I mean, we don't know what, you know what they're what they're thinking these days. We're not like you said. We're not in on the meetings, but and we don't know who's who's making the corporate decisions. But it, it's I think it's probably more than the brain trust because, it, yeah, it just doesn't seem to. What do you mean more than the brain trust? Well, I mean obviously if it was, if it was uh, um, the ideas are have to be coming from outside the four. Um, I mean, obviously, they are the ones, you know, as we've been, we've been told that the four make the decision, you know. Right. So somebody's to- doing licensing. They have, the, so they probably have a licensing division, and whoever that person is, yeah, and they think. I mean, when I did the interview, when I wrote that piece about the uh, Crate and Barrel and Crayola and the Pinball, um, you know, I talked to these people about it, and and they had, you know, the, the, the sense that I got was this sort of, you know, like app, you know, they were approached like Apple. Has a Beatles Incorporated has a licensing person who either right. sues or responds to the <laughs> trillions and trillions and trillions of requests that they get, and they truly probably are in the trillions. Okay, but this is the holy grail of marketing of of licensing, right? This is the holy grail. The pinball guy thought so. The the Crayola, you know, there was like what what better to you know like what a gift to a product or a business to have the Beatles um, sprinkle that magic dust on you and to give themselves to you in that way. Well, like Mad Men, okay, when they, when, when they allowed, when they sold, it was like $275,000, I think, mm-hmm. I heard, um, to use Tomorrow Never Knows on Mad Men. You know, they're very judicious. They think about what they're doing. This, to me, was a money grab. It's off-brand, and it was not well thought out so whoever either brought this to them or you know the the guy who handles the licensing hey google wants to blah 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 i mean what were they thinking oh that's a way for us to stay current i'm sorry you know what they don't need google 
why why then were you okay with the pinball machine and the and the crate and barrel because because they are um products that i don't mind and i don't mind people making money on this my issue is that it should be consistent with who the beatles are i mean my concern is for the future about this okay so crate and barrel um, was putting out these, you know, these iconic images, you know, some of the big images that we all know that we've seen a trillion times framed, you know, selling for 600 bucks a piece. Okay, put the Beatles on your wall with, you know, a millennial in Brooklyn or a, a boomer in Cambridge, whoever, you know, they're pricey. But it was it was presenting the Beatles as art in these iconic images. It's decoration. Okay, it's kind of, you know, there's nothing really offensive about that. And I would say this in Crayola, adult, all ages coloring books. What could be more Beatlish than that? Okay, I, heard, I didn't see the the prices on them, but somebody. Meant somebody commented that the that the books were very expensive. Which books? The Crayola. The coloring book. I don't know. It was like fifteen bucks or something, maybe. Okay. It was that expensive? But again, like as an association, as a brand alignment, Crayola and the Beatles. Yeah, that kind of works. It's about chill, you know, creativity, childhood, fun. You know, that color, that all works. Remember, they made they they got into it with Lionel. uh, That's right. Right. You know, I, 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 have, I mean, I had problems with them doing the pinball machines because I, for one, the the prices were incredible. I mean, they were outrageous. Well, they were meant, I mean, there was, there were, they made a small number for collectors and then the largest number, they only produced 1,964 of them. The right. largest number were for bars and I get, what was the new word? They, uh, barcades. The guy, when I interviewed him, I learned the word barcade. In other words, they were for pubs and bars and things like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I think it's nice that the Beatles are um, presented in the culture in these ways. Like these three things, I, again, this is my opinion. Like those didn't bother me because it was consistent with who they are. Pinball machines. Yes, they were expensive. It's true. But a pinball machine, it's, first of all, it's retro, so it, it, it has that aspect. But it, it's about fun. It's about playfulness. It's about leisure. It's about, mm-hmm. it's about you be you, you know. It's not, about, it's not about we take you, which is what Google is. Okay. And, all right. I mean, I get your point. I get your, I get your point. Um, I mean, I know. Sound a little crazy about this. I'm really, you know, the more I think about it, the more upset I get. Frankly, mm-hmm. well, I could, I can tell. I mean, I just don't understand it. Like, I, I, I don't know what was driving this. I mean, part of it, you know, like, I, I know that it's very important for Paul, especially, to be current and be relevant and all this. But like, they don't need Google. They're, they're the Beatles. They don't need Google. And, and, you know, Google, in other words, there's something, I mean, to say selling out, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know what, I haven't really described, it just seems wrong to me, I don't understand the purpose, and if it was just, I mean, I'm sure there was an enormous amount of money, I'm, I'm guessing, because Google, of course, has infinite amounts of money, because, well, they're Google, um, do the Beatles heirs really need more money? I mean, like, we're, like, I, I don't know. There's just a lot about this that is just a kind of a little creepy to me. Okay. All right. I'd be curious okay. to know what other people think. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if, if this 
discussion has provoked you, uh, uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, send us a, a, a note at BeatlesNewsDesk at gmail.com and, and, or, or write to us on uh, YouTube. And who knows, we may read you and, and comment. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. So. It's really only because of my love for the Beatles that I am this upset. Because I feel like it was a really bad decision. Well, maybe you you may not be alone. We'll find out. What do you think that's going to do to their legacy? Well, I, I don't know that it's going to, you know, hurt their legacy. But but the, the thing I think what the four principles there don't understand is that they don't need to worry about their legacy anymore. So if they feel that aligning with Google is somehow uh, elevate them or broaden their exposure to new audiences. I, I really think they need to let go of that. They are the Beatles. It's they, you know, it, it's not, it, it's not going to. Uh, they don't need this. So you know, I mean, you know, who? I, I don't know how long this campaign will last or how these commercials, how long these commercials will run. Hopefully, not very long because, frankly, every you know, when it comes on, I, I just. It just makes me want to cry. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as far as legacy, I don't know. It may have no impact whatsoever. Um, you know, because, again, the people who are going to keep the Beatles alive into the future are younger, are, you know, digital natives. And maybe they don't have the issues with this that, that I have. <laughs> I, I, think the, I think the legacy was, was bent with the first commercial. I think that I think that whole that idea is not I don't think it's going to have as much effect as you do but I I mean I because I think the effect has already been there you mean like with the Nike revolution commercial? yeah yeah I think I think all that's I think it started then I don't think it's well, I don't yes, think it's, and well I, I, as I said before I mean I think we've all gotten used to that but I think that the alignment with Google it's not like Oh, here's a product. Google is is a um, is a force. Google is 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 almost like a quasi governmental uh, entity. You know, <laughs> there's a commercial running now that uses "Here Comes the Sun," and I can't remember even what the product is. And it's just the instrumental. It's the like the opening guitar, and I believe it's the recording. Although I wouldn't swear to that. But again, that's not as offensive. Uh, because it's not, you know, that vocal, that powerful vocal, right? To be used, you know, and also there's a there's at least there's a product there. If you're going to use help to sell a product, well, okay, maybe, you know. But I mean, so I mean, I've gotten used to the whole idea of these songs being used in commercials, but but the alignment with Google is a just feels like a whole other thing. Thank you, Candy. And now. And now here's some news. The BBC reported April 8th that a short section of footage of the Beatles from Top of the Pops from 1966 thought to have been lost forever has been found in Mexico. A missing episode of Top of the Pops from 1969 featuring an early cut of the Beatles video uh, something was also discovered. The 11 second silent clip from 1966 shows the Beatles miming to paperback writer. The story claims it to be the Beatles' only appearance on Top of the Pops, but a search that we did of YouTube found a very poor quality silent clip 
from March 25th, 1964, with the group performing Can't Buy Me Love. The new clip will be screened uh, on the BBC this month. The latest Billboard 200, dated April 6th, shows the Beatles' one album at 155, up from 166 the previous week, and Abbey Road, one position below it, at 156, up from 158 the previous week. And in the UK, the latest official charts, 100 album chart, shows Beatles' one at 85, up two from last week. We got to see the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus in the theater this past week during its very limited engagement. The film looked a little fuzzy in spots, but boy, it sure sounded great, especially in the segments with John and Yoko, The Who, Taj Mahal, and The Stones. It's funny that The Who's performance has always been thought of as probably the best, and for a lot of people it it was, but The Stones sure sounded good, and so did John and Yoko. The, The new mix the new sound mix that they put in for the theater segment really did John and Yoko justice. And I do mean Yoko, too, because she sounded great. That jam with the fiddler player was just really powerful, really powerful. The theater version also had a new interview with Pete Townsend at the beginning, but did not show the outtake that we read about uh, in reports before the theater engagement. So... We're guessing that's eventually going to be on the disc re-release, hopefully. I think everybody knows that Yoko Ono in her pre-art life was an actress, but here's something you may not know, thanks to our friend Jeff S. Levy, who shared a picture on Facebook showing Yoko Ono in a 1961 photo when she was employed by Macy's Department Store in New York to teach Japanese arts, and in the picture she was teaching young children origami, the art of paper folding. Very interesting. New release alert. Uh, Paul McCartney's Bruce McMouth's TV show, which was in the Red Rose Speedway Deluxe Box, is now available through iTunes. And the Professor Longhair Live on the Queen Mary LP, which is another Paul project, is on Amazon and iTunes. You can find links for both on our That's What I Want Beetle page. And back in history, this is... This week is the 55th anniversary of that incredible week in April in 1964 when the Beatles occupied the top five positions of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. In all, they had 12 positions on the U.S. chart that week. Albums released this week on April 10, 1964. Capitol released the Beatles' second album. And in case you didn't see it, we want to point you to Billboard.com where we published a story a couple of days ago about George Harrison and a letter he wrote to President Nixon. And thanks to Chip Mattinger of Leninology for the help with that story. That's it for now. You can catch our shows on fab4radio.com, beatlesarama.com, and also on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please join our Beatles News and Information page on Facebook for the latest in the Beatles World, and check out our That's What I Want Beatles store page on Facebook for gift ideas for yourself or for your favorite people. And it's there you can also find links for my book, Meet a Monkey, Davy Jones. It's an e-book. It's a very cheap e-book. And you can also find Candy Leonard's Beatleness, which is an excellent book. And we also invite you to join our Beatles Toppermost of the Poppermost message board at abbeyroad.proboards.com. Thanks for listening. 
please subscribe if you don't already so you can get our shows when they're when they appear we'll be looking for you next time and until then this is steve marinucci saying be seeing you that one market fab